Welcome to episode three of Inside the Circle. My name is Ryan Lacey, and I am once again joined by the Podfather, Pete Paguaga. Pete, uh, thanks for joining me again. Yeah, absolutely, Ryan. Uh, it was a great weekend, so I'm glad we could get back in our uh, studio yep. and uh, you know chat about it. Yes, yeah, so this will be the post postseason edition of the show where we talk about the four class championships. We'll have a look at the top ten poll, the final one of the season. And I think we all know who's number one. Yeah, no secret after yeah, that. Yeah, no secret. One team, one undefeated, and voila, they're number one team in the state. So, yeah, so I guess we'll start with the Class S championship, which was Friday night. Um, Stafford came back to beat Holy Cross. They rallied for four runs, which was a, you know, an excellent accomplishment, ending Holy Cross's three-year reign as Class S champion. So, by far the most you know competitive, interesting of the four games. So, you know, what did you... What did you see from that one? I think right off the bat, it was a great win for uh, for the little guys. Uh, obviously, Stafford was the number one team in the entire uh, <coughs> in the playoffs, but I don't feel like enough people gave them uh, a fair shot, us included. Yep. Um, I think some of us r- uh, wrote them off, um, but you know they came back. Uh, I'm pretty sure they came back in the semifinals as well, or in an earlier game. Uh, during the tournament to win, so it's just you know it's it's an impressive win to come back. You know, in softball, softball is such a weird game that you get down by one or two or three runs, and all of a sudden, you know, the game's over. Right. You know, and then to see to see them come back, especially against a team like Holy Cross, uh, was pretty impressive. First first day title in softball in forty two years. Yep. It's way longer than you and I have been uh, have been around. Oh, me slightly more than you. But uh, <laughs> a couple of seniors did the job for Stafford, which is you know something you like to see at the end of these seasons. Um, Megan McDermott was the game's most valuable player. She had a key hit during the rally, and then also uh, Han Davis had the game-winning hit to make it five. What would prove to be the game-winning hit to you know give them a five-four lead. And you know sometimes we don't know about these teams, you know and. But this time they made the run. They they, they were the top seed. They ran it. <coughs> like you said, a good one for the little guys. I'm sure it's ten, a town of ten thousand people. You know, takes down Holy Cross. The, you know, a team, a school that can draw from a little bit more than that. And yeah. a team that's always obviously awesome in yeah. class. S. I mean, McDermott. She had f- four for four. She had three RBIs. That's a game. I mean, that's a game. That is a game. And we saw Holy Cross earlier this year together. Yeah. And they fought back against Seymour, and they rallied. Uh, oh, so you, you know that they, they could do it. Yeah. yeah, you knew that Holy Cross was a good team, but for Stafford to be able to come back on them was uh, was very impressive. And uh, you know, congrats to the Bulldogs. Yeah, absolutely, awesome job by them. Next up is Class M, where St. Joseph, you know, the FCI team, they they made their run through the tournament. They they were the last team standing in an awesome Class M. You know, they they blanked Griswold, or they beat Griswold five two in the final. Um, the cadets had to beat some good teams to get there, and they finished the job. You know. Well, we talked about the end bracket being the best bracket before the se- uh, before the tournament started. We were really excited about the end bracket. Uh, all you know, the the Seymours, the Granbys, the St. Joe's, the Griswolds, the North Brantfords, the Hell Rays, Sheen. Like we we really liked this bracket a lot, and uh, St. Joe's won the best bracket. And, uh, you know, kudos to them. Like you said, they beat a lot of good teams on the way there. I mean, they beat Oxford in the second round, who's a very good program. Uh, no, they didn't. That was Northwestern. They beat Wolkett. Then they beat Northwestern. Granby, who they, who beat Seymour. Um, I was actually at that game, the semifinals game. St. Joe's got a couple of big hits. Um, Hannah Hutchinson for, for, for St. Joe's. She's just a really good player. Uh, she played well in the semis. She played well in the finals. And then, obviously, the semis that everybody wanted to see, Griswold versus North Brantford, part two, which was really part three because part three. they played last year in the tournament, too. 
Uh, Griswold won. Maya Waldron threw a perfect game. I mean, it was her watching her and Sydney go pitch for pitch for each other. It was absolutely incredible. Griswold, they just got. They got. They just had a couple of, of solid hits against Sydney. I mean, when you throw that hard and you can make contact, the ball will go somewhere. And um, but I mean, it didn't matter. They could have had three solid hits and they were still going to win because because uh, Maya Waldron was unbelievable. She was putting the ball anywhere she wanted. Um, we were talking in the press box. It didn't even look like she was throwing like fastballs. She was just beating them with everything else. And uh, but St. Joe's a really good team, and uh, they got her number uh, in the final. A nice five-two win. Yeah, you know, I mean St. Joe. Look, St. Joe's a competitive team. We uh, we knew that, and uh, you know they showed winning the best conference. Yeah, St. Joe's. Their opening game of the season was a one run loss to Massac, and that obviously was a forebear for everything they were going to do this year. All four of their losses were by one run. They won the FCX championship and they won Class M. So by no means a number nine seed no, for sure. Absolutely. I mean they only had four losses this year. Yeah. The fact that they were a number nine seed with just four losses in the regular season. Shez, or three losses in the regular season because uh, no they no they four in the yeah four because they, they won, won the FCX yeah yeah but I mean they're not that's not a real no especially in that in that in that conference I mean that just uh, not that conference that class that shows how deep that class was the fact that a, a four loss team's a nine seed allowing four five five runs in five games again you have to have good pitching to you know make get go that far in tournament and Griswold had it to get to the final and St Joseph had it to win it and just. Just awesome that, you know, I think any of four or five teams could have won this bracket. Yeah. It was, you know, St. Joseph's year, so congrats. Yeah, and, you know, shout-out to um, St. Joe's pitcher Peyton uh, Dior and to go head-to-head with Maya after she's coming off the perfect game. Um, you know, you just you have to just compete, and she kept Griswold off the board for the first six innings. You know, Griswold got two back, down five in the last inning, but, you know, I mean, that's a great performance to go up against one of the – not only one of the, the best in the state, but one who's coming off a, an incredible performance, you know, and they have all that momentum, and, and she pitched absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. And an uh, unbelievable season for Griswold to win the ECC and make it to the Class M final. I'm sure that would be something they would have signed up for before oh, yeah. the season started. And Everybody knows who Griswold is now. Yeah. There is no hiding the Wolverines in any, uh, anymore. They're also the Wolverines. I learned that. Good job. I, very, I also learned what a Wolverine was. Uh, shout out to Lori Riley of the Hartford Current. We were talking in the press box, and I was like, oh, like a Wolverine. I was like like a, like a more fierce raccoon, <laughs> which is obviously terribly incorrect. So I learned what a Wolverine was. What would you like to explain to the viewing audience here? It's way bigger than a, than a raccoon, and it's way scarier. So, um, yeah, but shout out to Griswold. I don't think anyone's going to, you know, no one's, everyone knows who they are now. Surprise Seymour lost in the quarterfinals? I, yeah, I'm still a little surprised by that. Uh, Granby is really good. They played St. Joe's well in the semifinals. I know Granby, they're very proud of their program, and they, they were very um, – they had a lot of faith in their team this year, and they and they thought that they were one of the best teams in the state uh, this year. And, I mean, they, they, they proved beating Seymour. I, I just – I still – I'm, you know, it's, obviously it's possible because anything's possible. Right. And then Granby went toe to toe with St. Joe's in the in the semifinals. So Granby was a very good team. I, I think I'm a little bit. I'm surprised that Grant, that Seymour lost in the quarterfinals. But I'm a little. I'm not surprised that Griswold beat North Brantford. But I am surprised that they that they won four nothing. Um, not the nothing part, the four part. You know, to allow four runs to Griswold. I mean, Griswold was motivated. You know, coming off that was it a one nothing game earlier in this year. Uh, two one. Two one. 
And, uh, I mean, they came out, they hit. I mean, Sydney pitched well. There was a one moment where Sydney and Maya both had, like, 12 strikeouts or 11 strikeouts. And they were going pitch for pitch for each other. But Griswold was – they were putting the ball in play. You know, they there was a home run that was hit against Sydney was – I mean, it was Early in the game, right? Yeah, I think it was the first or second inning. And um, – but then they started bunting and putting the ball in play and forcing North Brantford to make plays – and they couldn't make them. And that's, you know, there was a bases loaded bump that went right in between Sydney and the third baseman. It was like, there's nothing you can do about that. So they just, everything clicked that day for Griswold. Um, having St. Joe's beat Granby wasn't a surprise. Granby played them very well. And uh, it was, a, like, you look at that bracket, you look at that, the Elite Eight. I mean, St. Joe's in Northwestern, who's the one seed. Seymour, Granby, North Brantford, Waterford, Griswold, Sheen. I mean, those are all good teams. So, I mean, the bracket lived up to the hype that we gave it, and uh, St. Joe's was the best one out of them. Yeah, I'm sure North Brantford is disappointed that they couldn't, you know, sign off on this incredible rise that they've had over the last three-plus years with the championship, but winning the Shoreline four years in a row, I believe. Yeah, the, they had two Shoreline championships when that senior class of, of Hemstock and Sydney uh, came in. Now they have six. I mean, their coach, Nick, uh, after the game, he was really proud of his girls, and he's like, they made us an elite program. And, uh, yeah, they didn't get the state, the st- but two state semifinal appearances, a finals appearance last year. They're, they're, up, they're upset now, um, but they'll look back, and, you know, this will be something that they're going to look back very fondly on and, and really appreciate the run in the four years that they had. It's always tough to replace a pitcher like Sinertia, who's that dumb. Oh, yeah. They have a ton of young players coming up, so I think they'll... They should be okay, here. yeah. So anything else you wanted to touch on? I know we talked about that one a little bit longer, but that's probably the best tournament. That was our Yeah, that was the best tournament, and that was, uh, I think, something that you know we wanted to dive down a little bit more into. So moving on to Class L, which would probably be the polar opposite of Class M in terms of drama and... You know, unpredictability. Um, Masic finished off their 27-0 season with a dominant performance. Again, they beat Brookfield in the final. An all-SWC matchup that was over pretty early, and it wasn't wasn't much drama in this one, but just shows how good the Panthers are. Yeah, I mean, they look, they were the number one team coming into the tournament in the state. They were undefeated, and they went through the tournament, and they proved that. I mean, they played a, a conference opponent in the finals in Brookfield. He was coming off a pretty amazing win against Hand. We were both at that game. Yep. And, um, you know, it just shows how talented they are. I mean, you look at you look at uh, Samantha Shebe. Uh, um, you know, she struck out 14. I think she struck out the first nine first batters nine. of the game. I mean, that's just domination. And that's just what this Massive Panthers team did all year. I mean, their best player stepped up at the best time. Sam had 14 strikeouts in the finals. She struck out nine, really set the table. Megan McFarlane, who was the other co-MVP, she had two triples and a double in the finals. Um, they had 10 hits that night. I mean, that's just a dominant performance by a dominant team, and the Panthers are the number one team in the state. I mean, I don't think there's any question. Sam must have been motivated by the fact that Brookfield hit her a little bit during the regular season because that was just not a thing, you know, last Friday night because, you know, she was dominant. Only she absolutely was. And, you know, Brookfield, look, they had a great run, a uh, great semifinals win, uh, you know, nothing to hang their hat on. They just ran into the best team in the state. And at, at that moment, you just got to tap your, you know, tip your cap or, you know, if you, maybe your visor <laughs> in softball. Or your mask. Our visor's cool. 
You're asking the wrong guy. I, I don't know. Like I, I feel like visors are like are, are coming back. You're the back. trendsetter, so ask I'm the trendsetter. You see what I'm wearing right now? I'm wearing blue shorts, but um, I feel like visors can be cool again. It might be an age thing, though. Maybe. I mean, I'm not gonna wear one. I'm like losing my hair, so I'm gonna burn. But I always associate visors with John Gruden, so I'm not quite sure how to contribute <laughs> to this in any meaningful way. But yeah, Brickfield will be back there. One through three hitters are all sophomores and amazing hitters. Yep. Um, they, you know. Look, it's a nice. They got a taste of what it is of how to get there, and that's only going to help them their next two years. Yeah, absolutely. There's no reason why they shouldn't be near the top of the SWC the way the rest of the league is shaping up to be yep. next year for sure. Anything else you want to touch about? I mean, we'll probably talk a little bit more more about Massac once we get to the poll, I guess. Yeah, we can we can move on to Double uh, L, which was probably the weirdest tournament. Yeah, out so of anything, there was some. You can't call them upsets because I think all of these no. teams are elite and very good, and whatever happens on the day will sometimes decide these games. And yep. It was Amity that came on, on top, winning their sixth state championship, I think, in program history. They beat Trumbull 13-7, to which tied the high-scoring final. And it wasn't a 13-7 to game, really. Trumbull got all their runs in the seventh inning, which still counts, right? But, but yeah, it was a 13 nothing game, yeah. man. It's the finals. I mean, that's just a dominant performance by the Spartans, and was absolutely amazing. And I mean, I'm sure Amity was happy I wasn't at the game. Um, so I've seen Amity, I want to say, four times this year, and I've seen them lose three of the times. The first time I saw them win was that, com- was that amazing comeback win against Southington in the semifinals. Um, and everyone all year, Amity could hit, Amity could hit, Amity could hit. I personally hadn't seen it because I hadn't, I hadn't gone to any games where Amity won. So, sure they were happy that I wasn't there. You know, congrats to them. But they came out and they just absolutely put it on Trumbull. And you know what's amazing? And Trumbull, obviously defending champs. You know, uh, their number one pitcher wasn't pitching. They went with a freshman who pitched very well. But you look at Trumbull's path to the finals. They had a bye. Then they won five to four. Then they won three to one. Then they won a back and forth game with Cheshire six to five. So they were battling each and every game. And in the state tournament, where it's winner go home, and you're mentally having to fight for your for your season every time can be draining on on a team. You look at Amity, and you know they had a shutout win, shutout win. Uh, yeah, they shut out Danbury. They shut out Ward, eight six against uh, you know uh, Eo Smith, and then. You know, their their one fight back was in the semifinals in the last inning, and they scored five runs to take the lead, and they won. So uh, maybe Trumbull was a little, you know, just mentally tired. I mean, that's a long tournament to be in every game like that where you're fighting for your season. You know, that could be draining. That said, Amity can't hit. I mean, you look at the girls that Amity has on this team. Uh, at the top, um, you got Nicole Casas and, and Brooke. Brooke, I'm not going to try and pronounce her last name because I don't want to mess it up that bad. She's unbelievable. Uh, Matt Yusofsky. Matt Yusofsky. Wow, that was good. Uh, Danny Nordic. Uh, they have Carly Machado, Machado, whatever. I, I'm really bad at names right now. But that's a lineup that can hit, 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 and hit. And, I mean, that was way more than enough than Great Whitman needed on the mound. I mean, she pitched unbelievable this tournament. Uh, she really, you know, look, it was a weird year. Even I mean, again, when I saw Amity this year, they didn't win. So I've seen I've seen three different Amity pitchers. Yeah. And uh, you know, going into the tournament for me, that was like the biggest thing. It was like who's gonna who's gonna step up for Amity and pitch? And Grace Whitman did, and she was absolutely lights out this entire tournament. And I mean, she's a big reason why the Spartans won. Yes, they can hit. They found out seventeen hits in the finals, but a big reason that they won is because of Grace Whitman. 
and score one for the SCC here. I know four different schools won, you know, each class, but to win the, the, the big school class, so to speak, sort of is a testament to them and how deep their league was. Because I mean, Cheshire easily could have won this tournament. You know, it's just a big accomplishment for Sarah Hale and her team. And you kind of touched on a little bit of everything there, but the offense is definitely it. Like they hit most teams. They hit every team that wasn't named Cheshire this year. Basically. You go through their scores, you know. Their four, two of their losses were were slugfests. One to North Haven in the SEC final that you yep, were at. I was at. One was an early season game against Han, and Cheshire shut them down both times. But other than that, they crushed everyone. Yep. And that was something that didn't stop on their way to the final. And I talked to Coach Hale for a little story that I did yesterday, and she sort of indicated that their comeback. Check it out on GameTimeCT.com. It was a very good story by Ryan. Uh, shameless plug there, but um, she sort of indicated that that comeback sort of lifted them you know it there's a break between the semifinal and the final but when you stage that kind of a comeback it, it there's a good chance it carries over to yeah. the next game especially offensively yeah. where they had struggled a little bit you know they they only scored one run through six innings and then once it once you get that momentum ball rolling it can carry over and it obviously did for them yeah absolutely and i'm i'm very happy for coach Allen because like I just felt bad every time I interviewed her. It was after a loss. <laughs> like, I think all of us reporters have one of those coaches where we're, we're their jinx. <coughs> they think we're their jinx for sure, and we kind of feel that way too. Yeah, like when we were and I was like at the Southern King game and they were losing, I was like, I don't even want to interview her. She's probably going to like tell, ask me to never come to a game ever again, and then they came back, so maybe that uh, maybe that jinx was broken. But, uh, I mean, Amity, look, Amity won the heart. Look, M, we loved them, and we thought M was the, the most exciting tournament. But every year, I mean, basically every year in every sport, Double L is the hardest tournament to win. Yes. Uh, you have the biggest schools, some of the best schools, and every game you could lose. And uh, there's nothing, you can't take anything for granted in the Double L tournament. And uh, Amity came through with five wins and a championship. There was good pitching at times in this tournament, but I think late on kind of showed without that sort of like top-end Division One pitcher, you know, in the wings there. It was kind of opened up to some crazy games that we saw, which made the tournament exciting. And also, the teams, some of the teams that didn't win must be feeling really, you know, like a chance went by the wayside, like like a Southington or a Cheshire. Teams that are just as good as Amity, for yep. sure. And just, you know, one bad bounce of the ball this way. You know, I, I you were at the Amity-Southington game. I watched the highlights, and how many bounces did I mean, Southington not <coughs> Nicole, get? Nicole Cassius is... Yeah, she reached and the and uh, the girl scored. I mean that nine times out of ten that plays made. The girl steps on first and the game's over. And it Southern looked like goes the ball the disappeared through the glove and passed. Yeah, I feel it didn't feel real. Yeah, it just but those happen and uh, you know when those when you're handed those opportunities like Amity was, yeah. they took advantage of absolutely. it and that was absolutely incredible. I mean, look. That happened in the game, but the most important part of the game was Danny's single that hit Kara yeah. and your rolls. Yes, Kara threw the ball away and Nicole's able to score, but if you watch how Nicole never stops running, which is, obs- you know, just to have that awareness to just not stop, I mean, that might have saved their season. They don't score there. We go to extra innings. Anything can happen. Yeah. Nicole not stopping on those base bats single-handedly saved Amity's season, which is incredible. That and that's the difference between winning a championship and not. And, between winning know, and losing. And years down the road, they're going to be, you know, reminiscing on that. You know. Oh, I mean, and, and that great photo that Arnie Gold had that was on the front page of the Register. Um, 
you know, I'm sure they have that cut out and probably in a scrapbook somewhere because it was like the full length of the page. Nicole jumping up and down after he scored. It was probably one of my favorite pictures of uh, of this spring season. So, you know, congrats again to Amity for winning the Class of World Championship. Would you like to move on to the top ten poll? I I mean, just a quick, I mean, you got to think Trumbull's going to be back next year. Oh, yeah, um, you know, I mean, Jackie Jeff is just an amazing coach. It doesn't really require more now. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, Mackenzie Bru- Brugerman, who pitched, she was only a freshman this year. So, I mean, to have all that experience, you know, coming back next year. And is Emily Jell coming back as well? She's a junior. She's a junior, so she's going to be back. So now you have two pitchers. You know, Emily was hurt, obviously, but now you have two pitchers who are coming back. I mean, you know, it wouldn't shock me to see Trumbull in this situation again next year with the chance to win the state title. Oh, sorry, she's a sophomore. So, um, look at that. I mean, that's an unbelievable duo, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't think this is not the last we're going to hear about the Trumbull Eagles for the next couple of years. No way. They're, like I mentioned in the last podcast, they're in this group now. You know, yeah. and that's because of their coaching and because of the talented kids that they get to bring up through their program. And yeah, they're they're just going to be one of these teams that are always making these deep runs. Or if they don't make a deep run, it's because something unusual happened. You know, in an earlier round. So yeah, it was a good showing for them. You know, not the strongest season for the FCAC by any stretch. And to get an, a, a champion in St. Joe's and a finalist in Trumbull, I think is a good you know good yep. haul for them. So now are you ready for the top ten poll? Is there anything else top you want to touch pole. on? No, I think we touched on a lot. I mean. You know, it was nice to see a couple of days, you know, to let it breathe. Um, you know, this is a pretty, you know, it was nice to sit back and kind of, you know, think about it. But I thought this was interesting. Doug put this in his 10 takeaways from there. Uh, four different conferences, one championship. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Um, and, you know, it actually found really interesting. So you look at the teams that won. Uh, Amity didn't win the SECs. Uh, Massick did win the S. No, did Mas- yeah, Massick won the SWCs. Yep. They went undefeated. St. Joe's won the FCAC. And Griswold won their conference. So you had three conference winners win state titles. You look over at baseball, not one conference champion won the uh, won the title. I just, I just thought that was interesting. Because we have these conference tournaments, and you kind of look at whether they help you or hurt you. And you, you know, in softball, three teams won it. Um, and you look in, in baseball and not one, I don't even think one even made the, uh, the semifinals. Wow. Or the court, you know what I mean? Like it was, or I don't think one of them made the finals. And this year with the weather. Yeah, the weather didn't. made it even more difficult <coughs> to do that. These can't believe it, so thank God it's over. Well, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with the rain anymore. No. <laughs> those, those turns were pushed back incredibly, especially the shoreline. And like they, they were finals on a Sunday. I yes, mean, I was, was there. <laughs> it was nice. How did you feel about that? Well, it was raining, so I wasn't too happy, but. Um, you know, yeah, you just have to. Yeah. yeah, Memorial Day weekend. I mean, the see, you know the tournament starting on Tuesday and they're playing on a Sunday, so the rain definitely didn't help. But it's nice that uh, we've all made it. You know, congrats to all the teams, but congrats to all of us <laughs> for making it through that. Uh, to making it through all the weather. So, in Mas- no surprise. No, not at all. Massick was the unanimous number one, just like in baseball with Cheshire. Mm-hmm. Massick was number one. I mean, I guess what I would ask. Is they are the number one team in the state. They deserve to be the number one t- team in the state. Are they the best team in the state, Pete? What do you think? I think at this point I wouldn't want to play them um, if I'm any team, um, just because of the way that they're hitting and the way that they're that they're that they've been able to pitch. Um, you look at a lot of teams in softball, and they you know they they go out and they have like you know they have one horse, and they just you know. She's their their number one all year, and you look at Magic, and they have two very good pitchers. 
So you they can beat you a couple of different ways. So yeah, I would say that Matic's the best team in the state. I think they've gone out on the field and they proved it. And at the end of the year, that's really all that matters. We can play what ifs and hypotheticals all we want, but at the end of the year, at the end of the day, at the you know the Panthers are twenty seven and zero. They have a conference championship. They have a class L championship, and they're the best team in the state. There are a lot of very good teams in the state as well. Um, if we did like a if we did a tournament of the top ten teams, that would be wild. Yes, that's but, uh, I, I asked that question for a couple reasons. One, you know, the SWC, you know, might they had a lot of games where they weren't challenged. They were only challenged a handful of times. And if you compare that to maybe the SCC Gauntlet, which is a little more difficult, and and then like you said, having the top having the four class winners play each other, I think would be a really interesting, you know, especially the the top three, you know, the. Um, Massive like Amity and St. Joe's, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, I'm not counting out Stafford anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Made that mistake once. Yeah, so Amity finished second in the poll, St. Joe's third. That's always the hardest part, and we even saw it with the baseball poll. It's like, all right, we all know Chester's going to be number one, but it's like, who's going to be number two? Because you see some of these runs, and yes, Amity only lost four games in the regular season, and they were number ten in the poll, but, you know, were they the number one team? And then, you know, you kind of look, and it's like, well, how... How much do you want to penalize a team like Trumbull, who lost in the double? You know what I mean? Yes. So it's always after one, in a year like this, where there's only one undefeated team, or if there's a year where there's multiple undefeated teams or no undefeated teams, then it gets a little dicey. Yeah. But when you have a pretty surefire one, and even in baseball, it was like Cheshire had beaten Fairfield Prep, uh, Staples. Like they beat so many great teams on the way to the finals that it was kind of an easy decision. Here, this is a very easy decision. But the hardest decision is, okay, well, what happens next? How much do you want to reward a team who makes maybe a surprise run. Obviously, no one was surprised that St. Joe's went to um, St. Joe's went to the finals in M, but they were a nine seed. They weren't even ranked in the poll. You know, are they are they the number three team? You know, that's like really when the hardest part of the poll starts to come out is when you start to figure out who else falls everywhere else. Yeah, I think what happened was during the regular season, these Class M schools like Seymour, North Brantford, Griswold, they didn't lose. Yeah. You know? Again, the schedule, I don't want to keep going back to the schedule. No, but it's a real that's thing. A, that's a thing. Yeah. So I think by the end of the polls, it was like a correction. So these double L schools sort of jumped them, you know, in the standings. Trumbull was fourth, Southington was fifth. And, you know, by the end of it, all these teams had two, three losses. And then you look at all those resumes in, in an island. So it's like, all right, these, none of these teams won state championships. You know, they, they made it to varying lengths of their conference tournaments. But they all have like two to four losses. And then it's like, all right. And, so this team had, like, a Trumbull, you know, or a Sunnington, like, you know, they somehow, you know, they jumped Seymour, North Brantford, and obviously there's always recency bias with these polls, There sure. are, but it's always weird, because the same thing happened with the baseball polls. You looked at a team like Holy Cross Baseball, who was in the top five all year. They played in the NVL, they didn't play the toughest schedule, and but they were in because they won the year before, and no one ever took them out. Then they lost in the semifinals. So they made it all the way to semifinals, and they dropped all the way out of the poll. And it's like, so now we're holding them accountable for their strength of schedule, but during the season we weren't. So that's always like the weird thing, and I think it does have a lot to do with recency bias and people want to see who's playing, <clears throat> who plays the final week of the season. And I think I think the Granby loss hurt Seymour more than it yeah, helped Granby. Granby didn't even yeah. jump up, and Granby played St. Joe's really well too. Right. Yeah, so if you compare Granby's schedule and Seymour's schedule, you know, who is anyone to say like what's more than the other? Granby won the NCCC. You know, it's not like they didn't win their conference. Yeah, no, <laughs> so. absolutely. It's it's pretty crazy. And then you look at a team like North Haven who won the CCC, which 
you, know, you could argue the gauntlet of the CCC, the SEC. hardest conference. They win the conference. Yeah, they have an early exit in the in the in the tournament, and they're just gone. Yeah. Like, all right, do they even get votes? Yeah, they got a, they got a, the forty six points, but they just fell out just like that. A team that won the best conference. Just a side note that's not relevant. I had Holy Cross. I'm a voter in the baseball pool, and I had Holy Cross in the 10 to 12 range all season, and I had them after the season just for that fact alone. That, yeah. You know, the schedule is an important factor. And yep. like, like you know, I said before, the, it corrected by the end of the season. Yeah, it always does. It's, it's hard to watch the poll during the year and not get frustrated sometimes if you're a player or a coach, but it's hard to go out and see all these teams. I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think anybody saw Stafford this year. Nope. And uh, it's a shame. Because here they are, number ten in the Paul class as champions, and nobody seen them. Nobody saw them until the final week of the season. So, you know, it's hard to get out there uh, and see everybody, um, even though Connecticut is small. But like you said, the poll always corrects itself at the end of the year. And even if you see all these teams, it's hard to compare them when they're not playing each other. You know, That's I, it. if you know, I think by the end of the season, we saw the top nine teams, um, most of the top ten teams in the poll all season. And wow, I saw a lot of softball in the tree. Yeah, you did. You stepped up. <laughs> like you said before about Seymour, you know, one loss dropping down, it's even worse for North Brantford because their loss was their first loss. And it's their only loss. Yeah, they finished 26-1, and one and they're not even in the, you know, even close to, like, say, yeah. Trumbull or something. Well, I think, I think when it comes to the poll, you know, you give the voters, as being someone who has voted in these polls before and was left off of the voting this year, Ryan... Um, that'll fix itself next year. That'll correct itself too. Yeah, there you go. But um, you know, it's it's always hard because <clears throat> you said like they don't play each other. But when it gets to the end of the year, you know, you try to give the four state champions a little love yeah. to get them in there. And then you go and you go through the bracket, and it's like, okay, well, Trumbull was good all year. They're in the finals again, so we got to give them that. Southington was one run away from going back to the finals, so we got to give them love. Right. Cheshire is Cheshire, one of the best teams. They lost to Trumbull, so if we're going to reward Trumbull to move them up, then we got to give love to Cheshire. And then all of a sudden, teams like Seymour and North Brantford kind of fell through the wayside. Yeah, and I, it just goes back to the point where these teams are very even, even the teams that aren't in the same class. I feel like, especially if you put Massick in Double L, like I think all of those games will be just as competitive. I, if you just slotted them, you know, in you know wherever you want to in that bracket, I'm sure they would they would have been one of those teams that was playing out like a six five game or whatever was going on in the semifinal. So, and if, if you ran this tournament back again, they, there might be a different winner. Yeah, I mean, I think you could say that about any state tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Even uh, honestly, any of them. I mean, any of them. If we ran the double L, L, M, and S back, I think only one has the same state yeah, champion, and, and that's Massick. That happens to be number one. So, yeah. just an amazing season for Massick. I mean, there's really not much else we can say about them. No, I mean, look, it was a great season. We saw a lot of great football. There's a lot of good. There are a lot of great players who are leaving. Um, there are a lot of great players who are just getting started. Yeah. You know, we we talked about you know the pitchers of Trumbull. Um, the Massachusetts pitchers are back. Um, yeah. He was a junior. Cheshire's going to be good again because Cheshire, uh, Mia, Mia Judatis is going to be back for Cheshire. Uh, Seymour, uh, Morgan Morgan Tisio is only going to be a sophomore. Girl hits the ball harder than anyone I've ever seen. Uh, you know, North Brantford's going to be losing a lot, but like you said, they have a lot of young players coming up. Uh, Griswold is now here, and, you know, get used to knowing who Griswold is. Yeah. Southington's going to be good again next year. St. Joe's is always going to be good. Uh, Amity, Amity's graduating a good majority of their championship team, but they well, have not, Abby Fletcher. Good, yes. Yeah, they have Abby Fletcher and the freshman Pritchard, the yes. freshman pitcher Pritchard, who are both going to be juniors and sophomores next year. 
and they both pitched big innings this year. So it's going to be really interesting to see. There's a good chance that all these teams are going to be all these teams in the top ten are going to be competing again for state titles, and yeah. that just it's unbelievable that uh, that softball is that talented here. Yeah, so we had some awesome tournaments that you know they mostly lived up to the hype and you know everything. There's a lot of exciting moments for kids, and that's what it's all about. So any final thoughts out the door here for the season, Pete? I mean, they were. The semifinals were awesome. I didn't go to uh, any of the finals. I was over at Palmer Field. But, uh, I mean, the semifinals were incredible softball and a lot of fun to watch. I mean, getting to watch. I've never covered a perfect game before or, or a no-hitter, actually, in my six years. I've never covered any of those, baseball or softball. That was one of the coolest things ever because you're kind of sitting there and you're like, I know she doesn't have given up anything. Scoreboard says she has to go. I wonder if she knows. But it was just a dominant performance, and that's something that I think I'll always remember. Her just going out there and just mowing them down. I mean, it wasn't even fair. You knew. It got to that point where you knew, like, she's just that good right now. They don't have a shot. Yep. And, you know, you see it every now and then in certain sports. But then something happened. She was, I mean, she was perfect. And, you know, it was, the, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And... You know, you said it was a moment that you'll remember, and it's a moment that she'll remember forever. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, anything else you wanted to touch on before we sign off for the spring and go into summertime? Have a great summer, and uh, look forward to being back next year doing this again. Hopefully, we'll be doing this for the full season. Um, you know, we can't promise anything that we – but uh, we plan on being back next year um, doing this, whether it's me and Ryan again or – or, or Ryan and someone else or, or whatever we're going to be back we're going to do softball for the full year and uh, you know we'll be able to bring you guys stuff like this every week yeah, so thank you so much everyone for listening and uh, we'll catch you soon later later